a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Bud's Creek Race review, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. As always, we're going to talk about all that happened at Bud's Creek. One surprise winner, one championship clinched, some amazing riding by a couple of guys, and uh, plenty to talk about uh, when it comes to uh, this race, including a disqualification in the 125 race. Uh, we'll get into that and much more. Flyracing.com, 2019 gear out now. Please go to your dealer, stand on their counter, punch their counter, demand to see the uh, 2019 Fly Racing gear that is out now. And the new F2 is uh, just absolutely killer. The riders are wearing it right now out there on the track. Benny Bloss, Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Tyler Entignap, Dylan Merriam, who, who did well this weekend, all wearing Fly out there each and every weekend. And please check them out at flyracing.com for all the new stuff that is out now and available to get and uh, spruce up your ride. Uh, Weston Pike even wore the palm tree gear this weekend so uh also too thanks to the folks at alpine stars uh you know those guys the alpine stars protects that's what they do uh the tech 10 boots the a4 chest protector the tech 7 boots which are the ones that i love they don't have a booty and uh, i absolutely love them the tech 10 are the benchmark boot and moto though they further the tech 10 further advances the innovations that make it the most technical motocross boot ever i can vouch for this i've saw it built in uh, in italy and uh it is. These guys absolutely kill it, the folks at Alpine Stars. They got the Bionic uh, neck support system. They got the A4 chest protector and uh, many other products. Also, too, thanks to the folks at Maxxis. Maxxis tires, the MXST tire out now. Developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Whether it's mountain bikes, trailers, cars, light trucks, uh, dirt bikes, Maxxis has got you covered. Maxxis.com to learn more about the new tire that is available now. And uh, you can go to pulpamex.com and read a test that Chris Kiefer did on it. It's their entry level, or it's their entry into the premium uh, tire category from the folks at Maxxis. Also, too, if you want some cool, cool RacerX brand stuff, uh, go to racerxbrand.com. Use the code PULPAMEX, all caps, to receive 20% off your entire order. T-shirts and hats to bottle openers and backpacks. Go check it out. Get yourself some gear. Real cool stuff uh, from the folks at RacerX. And we thank, uh, thank those guys for making it happen. And we thank you people for listening, as usual. Uh, with me on the line to discuss Bud's Creek and all that happened. First, he is on a vacation with his family, which means he spent money. He's the voice of Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross, Jason Wygant. No. No. No, I cashed in hotel points, man. I was getting hotels from NBC all summer. Points build up. Last weekend, uh, I can take the family on a week night, technically. You know, Friday and Saturday rooms take a lot of points, uh-huh. a lot of money. Yep. So you do Sundays, half as many points. I've got enough to pay for it for free. 
Nice. Good job. Here, I, I was doubting you. I was doubting you, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Just enough. Actually, I didn't quite have enough to cover it. I had to pay $4.90 have you, tonight. What are you doing about the uh, dining out uh, problem, issue? I mean, sacrifices have to be made, but we uh, we managed to do the whole day on one meal, so we're good. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Good to yeah. hear. We stuffed them, we stuffed them like, the, <laughs> like chipmunks. <laughs> uh, before we left the house. Right, right. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, riding with, with Grant Langston. We'll get into that, too. Uh, uh, yeah. Also on the line from Fly Racing, Montreal Supercross champion, two times, by the way, and uh, Montreal Supercross is coming back. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not too much. Just uh, ready to get into it. Not as, I don't have anything exciting as Weege has going on. I'm not on any family trip, although... I was in Minneapolis for the past week, so I am very excited to be back home for the you know for the first time in a week or so. Yeah, yeah. You missed Millville and you missed the X Games. I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if that was part of your deal, but you know, I missed Millville and the X Games. What in Minneapolis? You went the wrong time. Oh I, well, I was there. I was at Millville, but I didn't go to the X Games. Um. All right, let's get into this. Uh, all right, uh, lots to talk about when it comes to Bud's Creek. Uh, but first up, Aaron Plessinger uh, grabs a whole shot in Moto One, does a fist pump Weege, and uh, takes off with the Moto win. I really thought he would just kind of you know play it safe and uh, take home the title at Buds, and, you know, and this and that. But he absolutely put a statement on his season uh, with that ride in the first Moto. Second Moto, he admitted it wasn't easy to get into. Kind of what happened to Zach Osborne last year. Um, he fell at one point, and uh, he still got third overall because Forkner and Harrison kind of fell apart late in the uh, in the second moto to get AP on the podium. Um, so that's not so bad. But uh, congrats to Aaron Plessinger for the uh, for the first moto win and the championship. Why again? Yeah, Plessinger doesn't get hole shots very often. So when he nailed that one, uh, and Bud's Creek is a really good track, and I think a lot of the riders like it. But it's always been sneaky hard to pass on, so that really helps. I know a good start helps on every track, but as a singer and his crew were saying over there, it's one of the better ones. If you're going to pick a day to get a whole shot, that's one of the better ones to get it at. So, yeah, that removed all the drama from it. Yeah. And it was really funny how he did the exact same thing in Moto2, pulled two whole shots. And I'm like, ah, it's just his day, it's his year. Yeah. He's going to check out. And then he really didn't. I was actually pumped. Like, too often we know that how much it means to these guys, and we know how hard it is to get there, but they don't show it. So him falling apart in that second moto, I'm like, yes, <laughs> here's actual proof that this is an emotional thing, winning yeah. these championships. Yeah. Well, at least until he gets the 450s where all the fun apparently gets sucked out of the sport. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I got news for everybody here. Look, all you folks that want to leave comments on YouTube when we post the press conference videos and say, I can't wait till these guys move up, it's going to be a breath of fresh air when we get these guys in the 450 class. It isn't going to happen. I've heard those comments for the last 15 years. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the riders are. When they move to the 450 class, the scrutiny goes up, the pressure goes up, the personality goes out the window. So don't worry. <laughs> they will find a way to wet blanket Plessinger as well. He'll, he'll get a third randomly in a 450 race. He'll act all chill like he is now, and instead of people saying it's cool, they'll be like, see, if he was just more serious and worked harder, maybe he'd get a championship. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. I've seen it. I think, uh, I think you nailed it right there for sure. You know who used to kill the press conferences? You know who used to be the best maybe ever at holding a press conference and cracking people up? It was James Stewart. 
Yeah. So just think about that. Oh, dude, the, or the rookie 259 James Stewart KX 125, it was hilarious. And it's like, oh, my God, when this guy moves up, it's going to be, he's so good in a microphone. Well, what happened? Yeah. Well, Dungey got the Golden Mic Award one year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just wait till Dungey moves up. He's, he's, he's a great interview. He's well-spoken. What happened? <laughs> um, but getting back to Plessinger, though, uh, I, you know, you, you interact with a lot of other riders and teams. Uh, in the course of a year, and uh, there's always some beef out there with one guy or another. We saw it with Osborne last year. We saw it with Cooper Webb at different races. Uh, you know, in his title in his title year. But honestly, I, I can't find anybody who, who isn't happy for Aaron Plessinger with among his other competitors and his teams. Uh, everybody likes. Oh, not maybe not everybody because I'm not. I didn't take a poll. But 90% of people in the pits really like this guy, and for a number of reasons, Weech. Yeah, that is a really good point. Um, we had Zach Osborne in the booth for uh, two motos this weekend. And, um, you know, Zach wanted to do it, and we've had a couple guys do it this year, so he's definitely as qualified as anybody if we're going to start doing this thing. But the only question our producer had, and he, he left it up to Langston and I to decide if we wanted to have him in or not, and he's like, the day is probably going to be all about blessing or winning the title. So as long as Zach's cool with the show is going to be about praising Plessinger, and he's essentially going to be losing the title officially now, yeah. as long as he's cool with that. And I'm like, you know what? Zach's really mature. I don't want to use the word old, but really mature, so I don't think that's an issue. But also, it's Plessinger. No one has any problems no. with Plessinger. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Yeah. There are no issues. No. I'm not sure Zach won't want to hear this, but if this was the forkner Savachi Championship Coronation episode, that might be a little tricky. <laughs> Zach, tell us how good. Yeah, well... Tell us all about. <laughs> Depends if you have the fake Zach or the real Zach in. You know, I, oh, I, don't, I don't know who you would have in the booth. Uh, um, oh, geez. But Plessinger, you could have any rider in there, and they'd be stoked on the guy. Okay, so, JT, this is a difficult question. Speaking of Zach, speaking of Plessinger, and it's, it's, it's an ultimate bench racing question, but does Aaron Plessinger win this title if Zach Osborne and Jeremy Martin don't get hurt? Like, I think he might. He was pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he's got the title. So, you know, it's ultimate, like, uh, bench race question. It doesn't mean anything. But what do you think? I do think Zach would have won it. Um, I think just the maturity-wise and, the you know, the position he was in at that time. Uh, you know, the, the bad moto he had at Colorado would have, you know, that didn't help anything. He would have lost, you know, 20 points or whatever. But, man, you know, Plessinger, he did everything he could do towards the end of the season, but I just think the level that Zach was on and has been on for the past year and a half, I like Zach's chances. Uh, J-Mart, I don't know. That's a great – I think J-Mart is really up in the air because you really don't know which J-Mart we were going to get. You know, were, were we going to get the J-Mart that could, you know, whole shot and win races, and you're kind of like, oh, that's the guy that's won titles. Or are we going to get the, the mediocre J-Mart that you're just kind of scratching your head? So, I don't know. That's a great bench racing question that I don't know that there's a, a solid answer to. And, and I'm trying yeah. to be as fair as I can because I kind of don't care what gear Zach wears. We all know that's part of it. But I, I'm trying to take that out of it if I can because of the level that we've seen Zach on. Wow. Uh, but, you know, what? You know it, it really doesn't matter, though, because that's such a big part of the equation. You know, staying healthy is such a big factor. And we've talked about it over the years. You almost get to the point where you feel like staying healthy is, is a skill. You know, it's just part of the game that you have to figure out and the only way to put titles together. 
Uh, yeah, when they going into Thunder Valley, they Osborne and Pleasanger were tied. They both swept swept races. Jmart was six back. You know, so yeah, it's it's yep. an interesting. Yeah, I, I just this was Plessinger's year. You know, he was he took it to another level for sure. So, um, yeah, I think it's key to me. He, he absolutely it earned like, it. I don't want it. To, I don't want it yeah. to come off sounding like Zach gave it to him because I think Aaron absolutely earned it every step of the way. Go ahead, Weech. Yeah, it's key to mention that when they were all there together, it wasn't like they were working Plessinger. I mean, it was like, hmm, this is going to be interesting all summer. Yep. Uh, which makes that question that much better. Plessinger, by the way, has he ever been hurt? Like, I know he hurt his neck, JP. You were very adamant about that. That sounds like last <laughs> year. But beyond that, like, he's – if staying healthy is a skill, that's a big if. No one will ever be able to nail that question precisely. But it sure seems like Plessinger never really has problems with that. Well, you know what, uh, Weech, he's had he's had a lot of big crashes. Salt Lake, Salt Lake, he should have won uh, twenty seventeen, I think, and he crashed mm-hmm. out of it. Oh, in the uh, yeah, yeah, Lakewood twenty seventeen, he maybe could have won that. Crashes out of it, and Cincerillo jumps on top of his bike. Uh, Southwick crash, we we just talked, you just mentioned. So you're you're right in the fact that he hasn't had big injuries, but he's had so many big crashes that have taken him out of races that it's almost the same thing. True. Yeah, it's a interesting question for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I keep hearing he's going to move up next year. Four fifties full time, so that'll be interesting. Um, well, Yamaha's got a real decision to make. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think for a long time we we mentioned last week that Cooper Webb is moving on and won't be on Yamaha next year. But you know, they it wasn't like Yamaha and Webb hated each other. Like there was a chance Webb was going to come back. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think at that point they're operating on the well. We think Cooper will be back, and then there isn't room for Aaron yet. So I think that's why that's. I would assume that's why that's potentially changing. Like this is somewhat breaking news. It's kind of a new uh, scenario for Yamaha to deal with. I would think. Yeah. The fact that Webb is is gone. Well, uh, do, we, do we know? Sorry, uh, do we know if if Aaron has any say in this, or you know, is this being forced on him? Is this you know Nazi Germany? Like that would be my question. What does Aaron want to do? <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like everyone in his position always wants to move up. I, I, I think I, I would be shocked if he's like really against it. But yeah, I yeah. Think ask. I'm going to write about this uh, for column thrown RaceRx online on Tuesday. Uh, I got to see what uh, you know a, a good idea of what the Yamaha bonus structure is. Let's say for the 250 class and. You know, I want to look at the the economics of it because there's there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of things to factor just economically, regardless of what Aaron wants to do or what Yamaha wants to do. Uh, you know, because I think there is a big rush to move up, like you said. Some guys, you know, and we we've talked about guys like Zach and Marty. These guys have wanted to stay down, but I think when you get a guy like Aaron who's won, they they want to move up, right? Like Zach wanted to move up this summer, and you know, uh, Rockstar Husqvarna talked him out of it. But I, w- I would agree with you that he probably does want to move up, but I, I, don't, I don't always think that's the best thing, uh, both financially and just, you know, another year of maturity. And there's just so many things to be learned by waiting until you're 1 million percent ready to move up. So I'm going to write about it and, and really look at the numbers and what's possible to make, because at the end of the day, you know, I, they probably don't care so much right now, but in 10, 20 years, the economics of it are, are really going to matter. And uh, I just want to look at every aspect of it. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, like I said, 
you know, I, I'm assuming Aaron wants to move up, and you're you're thinking Yamaha probably wants to move him up too to have a one-two with Barsha. But you've got to assume that Star is like, please don't take our guy. You know, please don't take our two number one plates in each class. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of influences there. Uh, RJ Hampshire won the race though, two one, his first career national win. We've been waiting for RJ. Of course, he has USGP win. Uh, he got good starts, and as he told me after the race, you know he, he's gotten podiums in one moto, but then things happen in another moto. Gets landed on, he crashes, he gets taken out, he gets a bad start, and he can't seem to put two motos together. And uh, it's not always been his fault, as he was telling me. Well, this time he did. He got two starts. Rode great. Sexton put some heat on him in the second moto. Uh, but it wouldn't have mattered for the overall-wise. But uh, RJ Hampshire gets the overall. And it's funny, uh, we have been talking to those guys a little bit uh, over there. And um, Dan Bentley, of course, is the new manager. And he's been he's been working for a while on those, on those bikes. They're new for this year. And the riders have told me uh, how good the bikes, how much the bikes have improved since the year started. And, uh, yeah, it looks good, man. They, they've done a good job over there. Congrats to RJ. Yeah, first for Hampshire, right. I, I do feel like finally, like if he had even won one at the very end of the year last year at this time, I don't think it would have been a shock. Like he was getting to that level toward the end of the year last year. We were flirting for podiums here and there. And then once you're in that mix, one of these days, an overall can, can fall into place. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I don't put it in the shocking category. Um, and there's several other riders in this 250 field that are in the same position. Like you just put all the pieces together. Sexton's one of them or, or Justin Cooper. Like there's a lot of guys that haven't won an overall yet that if they do, you'd be like, yep, you see that happening. But the bike thing is funny because, you know, last year, Jeremy Martin, somewhat behind the scenes is like, oh man, I was on like an eight year old motorcycle. Like, I can't wait, cannot wait to get this new one. And then they get the new one, and then hilariously, it's like, well, it's an all-new motorcycle, yeah. you know, so we, you got to take several steps back before we can take steps forward. And it's like, well, I thought the old one was a disadvantage, and then the new one was going to be an advantage. Oh, yeah. You're on the new one. But I've definitely heard that, too, especially I think the chassis was a big step forward from day one. But I was genuinely surprised that I think the engine is taking them a while to get it where they want it, which I feel like that's one of the main things Honda touted. Like when that bike first debuted last summer, you know, the production bike, it was like, this is going to be so much better for the race team. It's it's so much more of a high performance with the dual overhead cams and everything than the old one was. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy horsepower. It was actually the opposite. So, yeah, behind the scenes, I think that bike has been coming a long way week in, week out. You know, it looks the same every weekend, but mm-hmm. I bet you what they had at Hangtown and what they have now is yeah. pretty pretty bit, pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Sexton gets second overall with a 7-2. Aaron Plessinger goes 111 for third. Welcome to the 250 class, everybody. But, uh, hey, Mitchell Harrison and Forkner threw this thing away. They fell up. Like, what happened to Forkner? He got well, caught? Forkner did tell us he was sick uh, okay. all week. So the first moment he got that podium, he said he was pretty pumped. So I would assume. I mean, it sure looked like he was just done. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. Did he make any attempts to get back on the track no. when he went yeah. off? I don't think so. I think he just kept riding the fire road for a little while. Um, yeah. And Harrison's been really good. Of course, he he rode well in the mud, and everybody just kind of went, well, it's the mud. Well, you know, confidence goes a long way. And Mitchell Harrison had a third overall in the bag, too, and then kind of fell apart. So those guys got to be – Yeah, he got past, you know, I think, twice in the last lap. Yeah. Uh, and that cost him. I don't know about the oh, last yeah. lap, but last couple anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah one, thing, one thing I wanted to touch on before we get away from RJ is, uh, man, this track, I don't know what it – well, I do know what it is, but – 
this track really shines for Florida riders. Always does, always has. Uh, going, but you know, Tim Ferry winning a moto here in 2003. This was the side of my best ever finish in 2006. Uh, you look at Matt Gurky, Kyle Chisholm, everybody that has moved up in their rookie year, they always shined at, at Butch Creek. Uh, it's so similar to what Florida guys practice on and grow up on. And so it was, it was surprising to see RJ win, don't get me wrong, but when I sit back and look at the reasons why, you know, he's been getting better and then this track brings up the best in him, it, it really makes sense to me on paper why a guy would win. So I just wanted to add that little note in there. It's something historic that just seems to, to turn up time and time again that the Florida guys do well at this race. Um, the uh, well, well, Hold on. Wait, that's interesting you say that because anyone listening to this is like, Florida's just sand, bro. So explain that, why that's the case. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly not there a sand is track. sand. Yeah, there yeah. is sand in Florida. Don't get me wrong. But most tracks in Florida are a sand and clay mix, uh, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. And, and for RJ, RJ Road at Croom and all these tracks, State City a lot. Um, and it's that it's that mix, you know. Th- this year was uncharacteristically hard packed for Bud's Creek because of the expected rain. Uh, but even if you just took a picture of the dirt at Bud's Creek and you took a picture of the tracks that most quarter riders ride on, it's even the same color. Like it's just so similar, and I think that just breeds confidence and you can push a little bit harder in sections because you you kind of know what the track will give you and what it won't, and you can you can predict traction. And there's just a lot of confidence that stems from that and always was for me i i know from personal experience well i asked rj about that after the race i said it's a little bit like the florida dirt here he said no the one turn is coming down the back hill and you jump in that's kind of like florida so well i i think this year was pretty hard packed i i would probably agree with that this year it, it looked hard you know and the first thing i saw you know uh Weege and gl do that time uh time qualifying um on nbc sports gold and i was like oh man it's hard packed like they must have expected something happened because it's never this hard in practice, which means it's going to be incredibly hard in the race. Uh, but, man, I I would disagree. There are a lot of sections. Uh, I could name off a bunch of tracks that are really similar dirt to uh, to this one. Uh, RJ's key to winning this race was he rode Supercross on Monday, and then he went to Croom on, on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's what, that's what he rode. So Supercross and a big giant sand pit. Uh, he was laughing about that. He's like, yeah, that's that's what I did this week. So, you know, and also, too, he's been hurt, right? He's been banged up a lot. He hasn't been able to ride during the week sometimes. Like, what was he? Was it his head or shoulder earlier this outdoor season? Well, Jordan Smith with the Jordan Smith at Muddy Creek. He had to take that some time off yeah. there, too. So, And then the Redbud uh, second moto first turn crash is brutal. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that one, too. too. So, yeah. So, he hasn't had yep. it easiest. Um, nope. But, but uh Justin Cooper was great in the second moto, man. He rode really well. Um, Ferrandis rode great. Ferrandis is in some serious shape. Um, he was picking guys off late in the race, no problem. Uh, he came from dead, dead, dead last in the first turn to 10th. He got about three or four guys on the last lap in the uh, in the second moto, man. And same thing in the first moto. Ferrandis is going to look at that ninth JT and just be like, oh, I was so much better than that. Yeah, I mean, stuff happens, right? First turn crashes. This this first turn is so it's kind of strange. Like it's really slow, but it's really deep, and everyone almost comes to a to a stop if they're not at the very front. And you just see guys fall over in the deep the yeah, deep uh, loam that they disc it up there. So yeah, the the results are for sure going to be misleading both for uh, for Ferrandis and for Justin Cooper as well. Starts a joke. Starts a joke. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it, honestly, I'll be I'll be fair. It's never been good there. It's it's never been good. 
The only time I can tell you that I ever uh, thought that the start was decent was my first year there. It used to be in the far back side, which most people have never even been to now because it's, it's fenced off. Uh, but you used to climb a huge hill and then kind of, kind of go towards the tower. But ever since then, after they moved it to the barn, they moved it over by the barn. It was there in the mid-2000s. And then when they brought the, uh, the motocross the nations, they made it to where the current start is, and it's just been it's been bad ever since. I mean, it's never been good. It's a joke. Um, what else? Uh, Alex Martin um, rode with Ken Roxon this week. Rode well in a second moto. First moto, he did not did not have such a success, but uh, Amart was better uh, than he's been in that second moto. Anyways, only Cooper was the only guy to really pass him. Um, I don't know what to say about Joey Savacci, JT. I don't know. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What? Nothing to say about Amart? We're just moving on? What do you mean? What? Well, I mean, the championship is officially officially out of reach. Yeah, well, but you know we, we made our point all year long with our finishes. and Full train? You know? So are you deeming it an, an ultimate failure based on your own criteria? Yeah. <laughs> no. He's not going to be national champ. He no. is not going to be national he champ. He is not, and uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a story from a guy that came from nothing. I'm eleven ten, and look what he's done. I agree. I wish you had stuck with that. Yeah, I mean, that's what you should have your line, buddy. Yes. Why don't we? Yep. What was I saying that was so out of line? Weech. If he doesn't win the title, this is a failure. I don't think I said those words. Pretty much. I said the title <laughs> is ours. We're going for the title. It's ours. We got it. <laughs> and then, you know, but it didn't quite work out. Weech, and your your stand up interview with Plessinger there at the end of the day for the race Rex post show uh yeah. he, he called me over and, and gl and everybody do you remember that at the end there yeah we're, we're shooting this show it's becoming quite popular and then the fans gathered behind the camera to watch it and i'm like no i want the, the crowd behind the camera isn't doing anything for us get in the shot so i wanted all the fans to come over but no classic goes like everybody else map this gl get over here yeah and uh, and i'm so, like yeah i was in there and i'm like i'm team troll train i don't know what i'm doing in this championship Celebration. Celebrating. I'm tr- I'm Team Troll Train. So, yes. um, where where's the Unadilla post show? Why again? Did I miss that? Uh, excuse me. What? Did I miss that? Huh? Uh, my line just cut out. I don't know where you're at. Okay. Where, where uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I just I I, I must have missed it. I'll, I'll check the site. Te- technical difficulties. Okay. We had technical difficulties. Uh, it's still in, uh, still in the editing process. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, maybe someday. I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I really yeah. enjoy those, so I just thought I'd, I, that's all. I just want to watch them every week. I thought we posted it. We didn't? Oh, I don't know. I'm confused now. No, I'll go, I'll go back and check the archives. Okay. Um, me too. Me too. Yeah. So, so with Plessinger moving out, okay, that, that bastard Osborne moving out, we're going to a new team, a new bike. I mean, the title should be Alex Martin's next year, Yeah. Do we all agree? You're already back. You're already back on board, huh? <laughs> I mean, if the guy who beats you is moving out, then naturally mm. you're the next guy to get the title. That's how it works. This isn't the first time that's happened, though. You go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. His brother will be back next year too. Well, whatever. We got that guy handled. Okay. Um, <laughs> good job for Enzo Lopes. Had a good race. Um, Joey Savacci. Anybody know what happened with Joey Savacci? Anybody? 
I don't know. Please let me know, though, because my fantasy team has a real bone to pick. Oh, boy. It was not good. I really thought he was going to take that Washugo win and kind of turn it around. I don't know about winning, but, get, you know, get in the podium contention and, and obviously the Unadilla, the mud race, ah, whatever, shit happens. But this, this weekend, I mean, he crashed. Guys are going by him. He was strong early and then dropped back. Like, this is just terrible. Holy smokes. So... He's yeah, got- I looked at the Cowboys press releases, and they're always good for not having any info. Um, and yeah, just said he uh, started around the top ten and uh, had some issues and dropped back to seventeen. Yeah, well, that's. that's I mean, they're not wrong. So I, uh, I don't. I don't get it. Jordan Smith. Well, it makes it harder, by the way, with Joey. By the way, yep. Joey. Here's another one. Remember, uh, you boy. This is gonna feel like it's from another uh, millennium. Remember when uh, Joey was on the Rockstar team, and he would come on the show pretending he was uh, uh, Anderson? Yeah. Remember that? Yep. He would come on your, your pulp show? Yep. And he's like, yeah, Anderson's not available. I will just be Anderson. Yep. And he was funny, and he's like, oh, yeah, I won one Supercross. I got four phones now. I got yep. a posse. Like, he was funny. Like, Joey has personality. And do you not feel like that has been totally sucked away? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've written this. I'm, yeah. Look, I'm not, I'm not around the yeah. Cowie truck all the time, but I'm around enough. The pro circuit guys, he looks not happy. He doesn't look happy. He doesn't stick around. I don't see him. It doesn't. It's not. He's not in a good place. And that's what I've written about. You know, changing up his program because he he just reeks to me of a guy that needs a change. You know, uh, like Weimer at the end of the Baker Factory deal. Same thing. I saw yeah. the same thing with Weimer. He just he he had to get out of there. You know what I mean? And and, and I just. I've, numerous guys have been like that, and I just—I've written it, I've said it. Like he's got to go switch everything up, man. In my opinion, but and, and plus he keep, keeps everything so close to the vest now. He's so incredibly not forthcoming with anything. Yeah, that it's like now we're just like I have no clue. Like he shouldn't be getting 17th in motos. Two weeks ago he was the fastest guy. Yeah, two races ago. But there's no, we never get any info at all. So no. I mean, I said, hey, man, have you felt actually really good all year? He's like, oh, no. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you feel good now? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, something changed? Yeah. So you didn't feel good earlier? No. So something changed? Yeah. yeah. What yeah is I, I, I just didn't feel good. Now I feel good. I'm like, oh, he, God, uh, man. He, he gives me the stink eye. Like, I, I don't know. He's not a fan of my me for some reason. Who knows? Oh. I, I feel like that anyways. I'm just like, oh, boy, this guy. And he just... Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not even saying that. Like he's yeah, not, yeah. not being cool. No, he's not giving info. I just, yeah. I don't think he wants yeah. to talk. I don't think he he wants to talk to anybody right now. It's going so badly. Um, Jordan Smith uh, six in the first moto, then he's had a short, short, sore shoulder, pulled out a second moto. My fantasy team would also like some answers from Jordan. Um, Mitchell Falk made his debut. JT ran up front, had a gnarly crash. It could have been real ugly. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, I, you know, I don't think many people knew what to expect from him. You know, all these uh, these endless line of amateur kids are slowly starting to come up. You know, we've been watching Mitchell Falk at races like, you know, the Monster Cup and uh, Loretta's and these races on Orange Brigade forever. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was curious to see what he would do. Um, he obviously started well and, and seemed like he wasn't scared to mix it up with those guys. <laughs> I think he realized, man, things happen quickly because he had that big crash, but – I was uh, I was happy to see him fight back. You know, he crashed and then got up and was intense, and then he kind of hung in there. Like, he didn't let it ruin his race. He kept his composure. Yeah. So I would say it was a, a positive day for him. You know, maybe not in the essence of Eli Tomac first race positive day, but overall, not bad. Yeah, he. Uh, what do you think, Weed? You saw this kid at Loretta's. 
Yeah, I was actually impressed because uh, Loretta's was not that good. I'm sure not up to the expectations he had. And then I think he was going to be racing in Adilla. And he basically insinuated that, yeah, the way this week went, I'm not sure now. So at least he was held back one week. So kind of an indication of uh, things aren't rolling coming in. Mm -hmm. So to me, to to ride this well, um, this is something that he needed. I think a little bit surprising. So good for him. Right. Uh, Ryan yeah. Sipes, uh, you know why he pulled out a second moto? I just wasn't feeling well, or did you give him an answer? He's sick. He's sick. Okay, I saw yeah. him, I saw him talking to people in the pits afterwards, so he looked fine. But yeah, he just rode off before the before the gate even dropped. And JT again, uh, probably, you probably would have liked that information maybe before you picked your fantasy team. Yeah, that would have helped. Uh, my fantasy team really had a problem with both Joey and Ryan Sipes' efforts on the day. <laughs> uh, Jordan Bailey crashed out in Moto One, right? Did he start Moto 2, or did I miss that? Because he was, like, 14th or something? I, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, I know he had a crash, but I don't know right. what the deal was. Um, all right. Anything else? 250-wise? Cover it? Did we, did we, we cover do we it? Think, uh, do we think AP comes back and just stomps everybody at Indiana? Hmm. I do, personally, I do. Yeah, I don't know. What's not- I, I do. Okay. I do. First of all, he crushes that track under any circumstances. Second, uh, talking to Zacho, Zacho did the same thing last year. It's like, it's so, um, he's like, I've never been in a race like that with that little pressure. Uh, that helps. Right. I think. Yeah. So he'll be in the same situation. All right. Um, yeah, the, uh, another big news in the uh, in the deal, Weege, uh, was. Uh, JGR guys, your your guys trying out Chad Reed for 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 Indiana. I think he races. Uh, what are you hearing? Uh, yeah, first of all, on that front, um, I think you'll you'll bluster with a little bit of pride here. So I'm trying to work a JGR angle for a different event with a different rider. Um, it's an event called Schmidt Schmidtum. Trying to get one of the riders to participate thought, in that. I thought Malcolm I mean, the was, wasn't Malcolm Stewart on, uh, done done deal for you guys over there. Uh, no, that definitely not done. Okay, no. all right. Uh, so we're moving on. Um, <laughs> you know, rejection is part of this game. Uh, we don't really have a huge budget to pay riders. So anyway, uh, that I, I called. Uh, I was working through JGR, and then I called our buddy Wheeler over at Suzuki, and he's like, "Yeah, we just got a lot going on right now." So then the Chad Reed thing popped up the next day. I'm like, "Oh, that must be it." So I talked to Jay, but I'm like, I'm not busy times. But there's one other thing dealing with over there. Still getting a podium on a Husky. Yeah. A little bit of friction. Now, but still on the team. But I think some Suzuki people, apparently, this is hilarious, still getting a podium alone, one thing. But then all the haters on Phil's social or somebody's social being like, ah, oh, JGR, you screwed up. Look at this guy now. <laughs> that apparently rankled some Suzuki people. So the team is in a bit of a... Ah, you know, oh, give me a break. Dealing with those, the bosses right now. These people are so is that hilarious? Yeah, these people are so dumb online. Like, like what? You know what I mean? Like, whatever. To listen to that is to, to think that anyone is actually taking that as like serious, right? Like, you That's what I mean. Like, based on like, social media. Yeah, but. like are you a grown adult with a real job, and you're looking at 15 year old kids saying, "Yeah, you stuck it up JGR's ass," and you're you're really <laughs> you're really taking this for, to heart? Like you're you're really like, oh boy. <laughs> We better call a meeting. We better call a meeting. A year old kid named Steve Schmappen. <laughs> I never did that. I, mean, I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't post anything. Just do it on your show. That's all. Wow. 
Nah, I, you just go over. You just go over to the actual truck. Yeah, I just go right to JGR truck. So, um, so maybe are you bristling a little bit of pride with this? That there's like a tidal wave of look at Phil Doe, go Phil Doe right now. I mean, I guess he led laps. We'll get to him in a second. He led laps again this weekend on the on the Rockstar Husky. But I mean, yeah, like. It was strange how they had no budget for three bikes, but now they seem to have budget for three bikes. It was that is strange. That's very very odd. They don't have they don't have three guys, do they? No, but they did. They had three, you know. And but they told Phil, "We can't do it. There's no way we can't do it. We can't get three on the bike." Oh, Justin Hill. Oh yeah, we got we got a bike. We got a mechanic. We got everything for you. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, who are you gonna get, Weege? Straight. Um, who am I working on? Yeah. My, my goal is to get Hill. Oh, okay. Fastest fastest rhythm section rider in the world. Look okay. at that quad of Tampa. I want that quad. That's what I want. <laughs> my team race track. We want that quad. <laughs> well, yeah, once again, taking all the fun out of it. Sure, go ahead. Get Hill. Um, well, why is that? Hill, Hill, when is, I don't think the Hill brothers are ever taking fun away from things. Fun is not the issue. Well, don't worry. You're going to have a, a Yamaha to deal with a number 91. Sending it. Sending it. Um, yeah, just protect your pooper. That's all I can tell you. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, okay, that's it for 250s? All right, let's move on. Um, well, actually, the Reed thing. We didn't touch it. So, oh, is that, oh yes. what do you think? Yes. Weed, you think that's going to happen in Indiana? I do. Yes. Well, did. yeah, because, yeah, I mean, this, the, the thing that JJR is dealing with is Pike is done. He's going in for surgery. Bogle's out. Hill is probably going to race Indiana, but he's banged up. So, uh, right there. We got numbers. Now, does does Chad Reed have to wear the appropriate brand of goggles for the uh, JGR team? Do we know? Ooh. What's happening there? Could it be reunited? I, Could be reunited? I was, at, I was at dinner with a particular interested party uh-huh. on yes. Wednesday night. Was he saying F- a lot of big F- topic of conversation? A lot, lot of FTGs. A lot of big. That was a big topic of conversation, and I don't know that that was figured out yet. But trust me, there is a <laughs> very. There's a ton of emotion on the line. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. Uh, Reunited. Yep. So uh, keep an eye maybe. on that. I guess. See what happens. Um, yeah. Well, Ch- Chad. Chad's definitely motivated after being left off the uh, Aussie MXDN team. Not. Not happy. With that at all? Um, how do you think you he did? Does- talk to Burner about that. I did. Yeah, Burner's. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Burner's bombed for sure. He, Bur- I, I made a joke about it, and Burner then spent ten minutes, fifteen minutes talking to me about it. He's not happy. It, it's a six-man deal, like Burner and five guys, and everybody puts a vote in. You know, it wasn't Michael Byrne didn't leave him off the team. You know, it was everybody else, and and, and according to Burner, Meddy was next in line with the votes. You know, so. Uh, yeah, he's not stoked that sort of Chad called him out and said, I disagree with Burner's decision. And Burner's like, it wasn't just my decision. It was six guys. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame. Those- I don't think I don't think yeah. there's uh, a lot of love lost between Chad and Motorcycle in Australia either, which yeah. hasn't really been brought up. I don't think that relationship was great to start with recently. Yeah. I just, uh, obviously, Chad's a friend of all of ours. Well, he used to be with Jerry Chain. But I just, yeah, he, he you know. Come on, man. Like, don't blame Burner. It's not just Burner. He's got to know that, right, JT? Uh, I would not presume to know what Chad's thinking. Okay. No. Uh, well, how does he do at Indiana? 
couple top tens. I think one moto. I think one moto will go pretty well. Yeah. I think the second moto is going to be tough. A la Anderson. It's just really tough. Right. With no notice to be able to do two motos, and when it's hot and rough. Okay. Uh, but you know what? We just talking to JGR, talking to J Bone at JGR. He's like, yeah, like you know, look, they they're not doing a deal for nineteen. You know, nothing's etched in stone for nineteen or anything else. But one thing that J Bone brought up was he's like, he's like, yeah, like all of our sponsors called, or not all of them, but a lot of our sponsors called. What's up with this? A lot of social media interaction, a lot of likes, a lot of buzz. Uh, got brought by Chad riding the bike, and Jay Bones like, yeah, this is this is what you get when you get a guy like Chad, and and he's right. I, I think that's been a tough thing for Chad because we know that, and I think the argument Chad has been making for years now is you want exposure, return on the investment, et cetera, et cetera. I'm giving you that arguably more than any other rider, even the guys that are champions right now. Like, is Chad Reed more popular than Jason Anderson? He is. He is. You could probably argue even right in there with Tomac. He's he's popularity. I, I think he's Roxon. I think he's better than anybody other than Roxon. I think Roxon yeah, and him yeah. are. So there you go. So he, you could even say he's more popular, known by more fans, moves the needle even more than Tomac, who is absolutely destroying people on the racetrack right now. But unfortunately for Chad, although that argument is true numbers wise, it hasn't been the easiest argument to actually turn into dollars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not like he's killing it on the rides at, at any point. I mean, even those two years in Yamaha, I don't think they were paying him shit tons of money because they're like, look at all the exposure we're getting. Yeah, and yeah. then he didn't even have a ride. So it is true, but the sport is still not quite at the point where that's putting uh, checks in the bank, yeah. you, even if it maybe should be. Yeah, how do you – exactly what Jay was kind of saying. How do you turn that into dollars? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No one has done that yet. They're just still really just basing it on results, and that's been the case yeah. for a long time. But, but I think Chad can make some podiums next year with some breaks and things happening. I really do. So. Yeah, I think he could be good. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. before we go, before we let this topic go, AP told me he wants to take the number seven <laughs> next year. He said he hopes to blitz the whoops <laughs> as good as the other guy who had it. Um. <laughs> Somebody it's, needs to. I mean, I, Stu is the man. Like he was so good, but I mean, he's done, right? Like for the most part. Can you I, whatever? If he wants, he wants to post on social media again and get everybody stirred up that he's not. I would feel pretty strongly that he's he's done. Like his racing days are behind him. Somebody's got to take the number eventually. It is not. I mean, Blake Baggett. Blake Baggett took Carmichael's number, right? It How is, big of a coup can you take after that? It, it, the AMA cannot hold it again. They can't. But it's the AMA, so. You never know. But, I mean, come on. Somebody on Twitter had the hilarious joke of, you know, usually, like, didn't Sealy call Wyndham and say, like, hey, man, I'm going to take 14. And, yeah. You know, a lot of times they do that. Mookie called uh, called Nick, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody said, like, does Plessinger have to go through with the calling the guy and hashtag <laughs> can he get a hold of him? Right, right, right. Yeah. Plessinger just flies a blimp around the the. <laughs> or place in Orlando where he lives. Um, Flash, yeah. Flash the blind. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Two times, yes. I <laughs> know. Slice your golf ball in the woods to the right for yeah. yes, and yes. Left. hook it to the left. Right. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Are we at the point? Is James Stewart going to be a AMA Hall of Fame nominee? I don't know how the rules work. I don't know if it's three or five years or ten. I don't even know if there is a certain amount of years. That it takes. Is that going to happen? Yeah. And then they're just going to call him, and there's just going to be no answer, and 
he's going to be enshrined without ever showing up? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We're trying to get Dogger in, okay? We're trying to get Dogger in. There's been no, all right, all right. There's been no motocross guys elected in like three straight years. Like, the biggest discipline of the AMA is motocross, and they can't elect the motocross racer. They, they just can't seem to do it. Bobby Moore got in, but it was under an ambassador role for his road to recovery, not for his racing accomplishments. They just they, they cannot get a motocross guy in there. I guess their most popular sport, the one that probably has the most participants, just, just cannot get in the Hall of Fame. Just can't do it. Dirt track, we got a guy in there this year. He won four dirt tracks races in his life. I don't know who, what his right, name right. is. I'm not trying to take away from him. Great job to him. He won four freaking dirt tracks in his life, and he's in the Hall of Fame. He got voted in. Yeah, that guy. That guy. But Dogger, who podiumed almost 50% of his races, can't get in. It's a joke. All right. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech. We'll be right back after this. Use the code PULPAMX18 to save. Thanks to uh, the folks at Fly Racing, Maxis, and Alpine Stars. We'll be right back after this. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the Hep Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. FlyRacing.com, RacerX podcast, everybody, presented by Maxxis and Alpine Stars. And uh, go to RacerXBrand.com, punch in PulpMX, all caps, Get 20% off your order. And Friday night before the Monster Energy Cup, we are doing a live RacerX podcast show uh, at the spacelv.com for tickets. That'll be fun. Both of you jerkies will be there, among other people. So please, if you're coming to, if you're coming to Vegas for the Monster Cup or for the AIM show, uh, grab tickets. They start at 20 bucks. And Wygant will um, entertain you all night long with his stories. Okay. Um, okay, so Durham got disqualified from the 125 race. For riding a 150. And they said, are you riding a 150? He said, yeah. And they said, "What? it's a 125 race. He said, I didn't know. So, Durham got to score. How do they know he's not a 150? Somebody, the difference yeah, something? somebody saw this. I heard somebody saw the, it's on the cases or something that's a 150. I, I don't oh, know geez. how, but yeah, somehow it's on there. So, uh, so we had controversy for the 125 race. And now Will Hahn Double wants, DQ. and now Will Hahn wants his high point win that Durham beat him at. So, oh. yeah, Will might be taking this to the highest levels. So, oh. um, all right, four, oh. 450s from Bud's Creek. Man, Eli Tomac, like at some point, he's sixth. He can't get by Phil. He's riding around. Marv's out front. There's nothing going on. The gap is going to be, I think it was three. I mean, obviously, I think he would have got Phil, you know, but, but just saying, he was – 
he was sixth for a while. And all of a sudden, JT, he caught fire. The animal, Eli, was out. And he was he ate those guys up. He he did the same thing that we've seen him do time and time again. An amazing ride uh, to go three one on the day. And uh, yep, uh, extend his lead from uh, fifteen to twenty going into the last round. Yeah, do you guys think this one was the same as those, like the same as Millville, same as you know the Southwick crazy beginning laps he did? I kind of saw it differently, only because I think that Roxon and Marvin were just completely done. I don't think they had anything to give, and I don't think it was a situation where, like at Millville, Marvin was holding his lap time, and Eli was just like, no, I'm just going to go a lot faster than you, and then that, that's going to sort it all out. This one, I just felt like Roxanne and Marvin were so spent and so tired from the humidity, and, you know, Roxanne was dealing with the sickness. Marvin was dealing with the, uh, you know, Tuesday crash. I, I know Eli rode great, and he should be commended for that, but it just felt a little bit different than those to me. Weege? Yeah, it definitely was um, different because it was it was like seventy five percent of the day he was merely like mortal. Um, I mean, even Baggett was almost getting him back at times. Like you said, he was was dealing with Phil and Barsha, and and what wasn't. And in the first motor, he just never really made up ground, even when he got in the third. He just didn't have that hero ride. So I just thought, huh, today is just. I mean, to expect him to go out there and be able to take four or five seconds away from these guys every single moto is a tall order. And it's just, that's the problem he has with that DNF. He literally has to be able to do that every week. Or the points lead is still going to be small. And I'm like, I guess that's going to be the case. Marvin's going to make up ground, maybe a lot. And this is really going to be a pressure situation when it shouldn't have been because of that DNF. Uh, I did not see this coming. He did. He seemed to be struggling a little bit. Um, but I think you're right, JT. He even said on the podium, it was almost a bit of a strategy game, that second moto. Like, I think he saw everyone was going berserkowitz. And I think he knew, like, you know what? I'm just going to give these guys 15 minutes to get tired. I can go faster, but I'm going to save my energy. Which, I mean, how often are we talking about this in motocross? Like, saving energy early to have something late. It's very rare. But I think that was a huge factor. Yeah, I think he just, I'll just go the same speed as them until they get tired. That was different yeah, than uh, the other it be mentioned. It should be mentioned the pace by Marvin and Barsha specifically, because those who were who I could see on TV, those guys were going for it. Uh, and I don't know that that was necessarily re- reflected in their lap times, but just visually, they were 110%. You know, they were everything they possibly had, full sprint. And on a day like that where humidity was so high, you could see it. It just took something out of them because, you know, watching Marvin ride around the last few laps, you know, the, the cameras were on him. He was just cruising around. Like, you could just see he had nothing left to give. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, you, yeah. Know, you never really know for sure what was going on. But it certainly seemed like he was the only one that could even maintain that pace. Not even go faster like we've seen, like that crazy hero speed. It was just like he was the only one that could hold on to the the early lap pace at all. He did take the five seconds out of Marvin on one lap, which is like Millville and Marshugal, but I think you're right. It's not that even though it's the same on paper, it was more Marvin being exhausted than Eli being Insane. Eli was going fast, obviously. I missed like, the right, uh, those guys like that. I missed the email that it was a shit on Eli podcast. My bad. Sorry, guys. No, I'll well, check my. I'll I check my inbox. Is, is that Marvin's Marvin's lap times dropped off? Right. It wasn't like he held his own lap time and then Eli dropped five seconds off that. Marvin dropped off significantly, and Eli was just strong enough to to keep on going. And then it, obviously it was a huge difference, uh, just being able to maintain that race pace. 
Well, it's just as credible. It's just as credible to yeah, say no, that Eli no wore those guys out. I mean, it just felt a little bit yeah. different. Like he didn't have to go into some stratosphere to win. He was just strong enough to go his race pace. Well, and, you know, it was kind of a different way of getting getting there. But you know, I mean, none less impressive either way. His pass on Mar for the lead was bonsai balls out, Eli. Oh my god. You know, yeah, that was that was impressive. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yep. yeah, Roxon again was close to an overall. Um, drop back and uh, Blake Baggett. Blake Baggett was back. Uh, that second moto, I asked him, "Well, you were back. How'd it feel and everything else?" And he told me about looking for some treasure on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, cool, man. Um, but uh, he was really good in that second moto. He was making a charge on Eli uh, Weech for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, the first moto, uh, Eli had passed him and had gotten away, and then all of a sudden he's on him again, like 10 minutes later. And I'm like, man, Eli is really struggling. And then I looked at the times. No, this was that Baggett suddenly out of nowhere, at like the 20-minute mark, put in a 206, which was like two seconds faster than anyone else was turning in. That was, to me, the first sign all year besides a couple qualifying laps. Yep. Of that, like El Chupacabra bag. Yeah. I mean, it's been a very average season for him, but he had like two or three laps throughout the day where you're like, wait, mm-hmm. there it is. He uh, he was not happy with Jason Anderson in the first moto, in case you guys are wondering. Oh, oh, oh he, really uh, shocking. He I think was that's always the case. Yeah, he was uh, not happy and had some choice words after I shut the recorder off. So, <laughs> uh, the rivalry lives on because he, you know, he just said Anderson let Eli by, like, go ahead. And then, uh, and then, you know, brake checked him and, did everything to him, and then he made a poor choice in trying to make that pass stick on Anderson, and he goes down. So that rivalry is uh, is continued. Uh, Barsha crashed twice in that second moto. Twice, right? Yep. Um, so bummer for him. He he had a good day going, like you said, JT. He was all over Marv for the lead there for a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, Phil. Phil led a uh, how many laps did Phil lead? Oh, Phil never led a lap, did he? No, but he was definitely up there. I thought he, he rode well. I thought he led a lap. Let me check. No, he did not lead a lap. No, not no. So. Um, but uh, yeah, Phil was up there again. His starts are good and all of that. So he's enjoying that part of it. Uh, yeah, Muscan crashed on Tuesday. Weege, did you hear any more about this? No, he was playing it very coy. Um, he, our uh, pit reporter, asked him at the beginning of the day, everything good. He said, "Yep, hundred percent, everything's good." Then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, he's like, "I'm lucky to even be here. I just had a big one on Tuesday." Or he just said he had a rough week. And she's like, what do you mean by rough week? He's like, oh, I had a big one on Tuesday. Now, I understand going into the day, you know, you don't want to give anyone an edge, especially with working out. You know, Eli was struggling a bit, and he did beat him in the first moto. So you don't want to give Eli any reason to think you're not 100%. But at the end, the first thing, I'd be like grabbing the mic saying, yeah, by the way, I had a crash this week. That's why I faded yeah, at the end of both motos. I'll never understand this. Let's get, this, that's let's get that out there. Yeah, end of the day for sure. Right. Um, he he had to beat Kenny in that first moto. He had to beat him. And the last three laps, he just Kenny just blew him away. And I was like, what? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. No, it was yeah. very surprising. Very surprising. That's not what you yeah. see from Marv. Uh, Roxon went nope. back to a Kickstarter on his bike. So maybe he went back to some 17 settings from what we hear a little bit. So worked better. Of course, uh, you know, that, that had to have been a huge internal fight, I would guess. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I didn't ask anybody, but. Yeah, Honda can't be stoked that you know and, and these guys change suspension companies and they freak out. Never mind going back to an older technology, quote unquote, right? Well, and, and you know I think the the factor here is that it's Kenny, 
right? They are so invested in Kenny, and they realize that Kenny's the future, and if they want to win, Kenny's probably the guy that's going to pull that off for them. So if that's the answer, then you're going to have to make some hard decisions about how you get there. I can guarantee you the first thing was like, no, we can't do that. Of course we can't do that. And then, you know, the harder Kenny pushes, I I would almost bet you that if that was Cole Seeley or take your pick of X, Y, or Z rider in the past, that probably never happens. It's just such a yeah. difficult thing to to make happen. You need a lot of leverage to to ter- make HRC go backwards on their on their technology yeah. a little bit. I don't know if it's true, but I heard he he broke his bike and he only had last year's bike to grab, and he grabbed it and was like, "Oh shit, I love this thing." So that's just what I heard. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's anything new, right? Like Brayton Brayton ran the Kickstarter style this Supercross season. You know, yeah. I think that thought process has been out there for a little while. I asked Oscar his mechanic about it. And he said. He said that the points leader has a kickstart, so they thought they should try it. I'm like, okay. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, what else? Uh, Cooper Webb, just kind of just a so-so day, huh, Wygant? Yeah, he um, – was he down early in one of the races? I know his starts were bad, and I think they're ready for a problem. But, yeah, you know, he's making some progress here. But um, – I was just thinking, after the race, I was bench racing with some people about just how ridiculous Tomac is. And it's like, is anyone really going to be able to, and I'm not talking hurlings here because I'm talking about guys bowing for a title, like, who's going to be able to take him on just straight up one-on-one? Like, is Roxy going to be able to get to that point? Is there anyone coming up that get to that point? And then I thought, I'm like, you know what's funny? Like, this is where Cooper Webb was eventually supposed to be at this level. And you know Webb's going to get better. He's come back from injury. He'll, he'll, he'll improve. But there's a long gap between where Webb is right now and the guys that are winning these races. Like, yeah, yeah. Can he make up that much ground? I know he's been hurt, but I mean, you got to make like a what, like a thirty percent improvement. Yeah, that's, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. That's for a sure. crazy bet. Yeah, it's, it's and it could he could do it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's that's a big gap. Yep, absolutely. Got a long way to go. Um, right where he's sitting right now. Yes, yes, yes. Dylan Merriam, ninth overall. He got some TV time. He was on. What has pro- happened to him between, let's say, Colorado and now? He you he, did a, you did a podcast with him, right? Yeah, yeah. I talked to him. What did he say? He he went down. He got food poisoning at High Point. It affected him the next race a little bit. At Red Bud, he flew off the, in practice. He flew off the track and did a big endo. Uh, hurt his back. His back's been bad since then, and he's it's good now. Now it's finally good. So. That's what he told me. All right. Yeah, it just seemed like every – I mean, I, I thought it was just one issue because it's been really bad week in and week out for a long time. I'm, and I mean time qualifying, every moto, it just yeah. has not been good. So yeah. I don't know the kid at all. Um, I've met his dad one time at, at Starbucks, but uh, I like to see those guys like that that don't have a lot of help. You know, that, yeah. that's cool to see them up there like that. Nice. TPJ. Ted Parks. Yeah. Yep. Grooming him. Um Pike's having surgery and faded back in the first moto. And uh, I asked him, I said, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doubting you, Pike, but you fade in some motos and the next moto you'll be good. So like, what's going on? Like, wouldn't it affect you all the time? And he told me what happens is the hand gets, gets warmed up and it gets okay, but then it gets cold and he pumps up and that affects him in the first moto. In the second moto, it's still warm and the injuries is still a little bit flexible and he rides better in the second moto. So, yeah. Um, but he's done for the year. He's getting surgery. So, Kyle Cunningham had a rough 
Friday, he told me. He had to change a motor. Uh, and then from Unadilla, and they put the motor in, and it the new motor wouldn't start. So then they had to put a bone stock motor in from the JGR guys to make it through the weekend. So they did two motor swaps on Friday. Uh, good job for Kyle to get 11th. Anderson's fourth was pretty impressive, JT. He rode really well. I think, uh, you know, the... The incident with Baggett was a little questionable. That's long, you know, long, there's a long history of those two getting into it. Uh, but I think the most impressive part of that ride was it seemed like he was going backwards. When Blake got him or was trying to pass him, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be going to be tough for Anderson here. He, he's obviously getting a bit tired, and these guys are, are going to pounce on him. And he responded. I, I was impressed. Um, say what you want about the incident, but his – Ability to rebound and hold on to fourth in that moto was impressive. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I never would have thought that it would have gone that well, especially when it was that hot and humid. I mean, it actually wasn't even far from Eli at the end of the first moto. No. That was crazy. Yeah. So I know uh, not racing the second moto, obviously, is not great. But um, from how ready I heard he was, which was not very ready, uh, that was way above par. I mean, fourth, that's – that's. I mean – if you're Anderson and you just get beat by Rox and Marv and Tomac, even 100% healthy straight up, you'd be like, yeah, well, sometimes yeah, sometimes you're fourth. <laughs> yeah, you're beating Baggett and Barsha, like, out of the gate. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Webb, too. Webb, too. So. Um, yeah, yeah and I'm wondering, we'll never, I mean, look, unless something dramatic happens, you know, Team USA is set unless somebody gets hurt. And we know how badly Anderson wanted to be on the team. Uh, you have to wonder if Anderson is like, yep, I did beat Barsha in the one moto that I – Oh, wow. I'm sure he'll put the fake Jason Anderson on social media will maybe put something up to stir up his base of people. But, I I mean, you can't. If you're Roger, you can't be like, oh, yeah, like I'm taking it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't can't say that as one moto. Well, no, no. I don't mean it in that way. Like, he can say, suck it, I proved my point. I just think internally that's what he's going to at least say. Like, yeah, I see. I knew I was better than that guy. And, damn it, if I had not gotten hurt. I don't think he could. You cannot question the decision if you're Anderson. You can't. But it's proof, like, damn it, if I hadn't been hurt, I think I would have been easily the other pick. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could say that, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to start two motos, though, at those nations, generally. It's, it's helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like I, it's a, a bridge too far to say that he got robbed or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else uh, to 450 class? Uh, shout out to Cody Schlock from Delaware for helping my fantasy team. Good job by him. Uh, uh, did you pick him, Weege? No, I didn't have him, or nor anyone else. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I didn't pick anyone. Do we know? If, do we know if Josh Grant's racing Indiana? Uh, no, I don't know. He hasn't been on a bike since Washougal. The Cali guys were saying. Oh really? Oh, okay, yeah. Then that doesn't look good. No, that doesn't look good at all. So. That that tank. Get us an update on Anderson and Grant, uh, Mathis. Get us, a, get us an update. <laughs> okay, oh, I will work on that this week. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. Uh, I will put out some feelers. Um, uh, that Grant, that moto at Washougal might be the last time we ever see JG on the track. JT, like yeah, that might be it for him. You know, his ankle's bad. You know, there's not, there's a shortage of rides already. It, it, that might be it. Yeah, I just I have a feeling we'll see him some way somehow. I don't know if it'll be a full factory ride or a right. full, even a full season, but I would be very surprised if that was it. That's his last time out there. I just, I think he'll find a way to be out there in some sort, some limited basis somehow. I just have a weird feeling about that. The uh, the biggest rumor in the pits is this Puerto Rico team that we've talked about endlessly a little bit, and uh, 
So the rumor is is Ronnie Max out, which I get that, and and that's something that's going to happen. But honestly, everyone is saying they are getting called to ride for Puerto yep. Rico. So I don't really know what's going on, but uh, Renard, uh, Bloss, Kevin Windham, Mike Brown, Chad Reed have all claimed they've been called for the team. So this should be interesting. <laughs> I, I, literally, that that's all, every one of those guys, friends of theirs or they themselves, have told me that they've spoken to Puerto Rico. So, stay tuned, everybody. They need to Who be do you think does the official calls for Puerto Rico? Well, there's a guy named Gabby that I talked to him. I interviewed him one year. He's the oh, Puerto okay. Rican guy manager. So I was thinking it was like J Lo or something. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, I heard it's Travis trying to sell. I heard. I heard in this. It is true that guy Gabby is like the guy. Yeah. But I think Travis is somewhat the orchestrator trying to keep this train on the tracks. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see who actually does it or who, who gets into it. Um, I think they Why want to. Why not just Stank Dog? I, right? Stank. I don't know. Yeah, Stank's perfect. He's a character, yeah. but, but he's real. So. Yes. All he's that works. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw him at High Point yeah. riding through the pits with his mechanic on the back with no shirt on with a piece of pizza in a, on a pie plate. Like. On his race bike, like that, that that's that screams Puerto Rico to me. So, um, you dude, he rode his bike into that's... the vendors area on race day to buy lemonade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you know, like I said, that just reeks of, of Puerto Rico for me. So, um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I mean, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, mm-hmm. Weed, you went riding we with predictions. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to say, can yeah, we get uh, predictions on Chad Reed's finish for the weekend? Um, let me look. Okay, so Bloss is nine eight on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Merriam is twelve ten. There's no Pike. Cunningham went ten thirteen. I will go ten ten. I will go nine DNF. Okay. Weege? Uh, I'm somewhere in between. I'm going to say 10 and 16. Okay. Do you, so you I think he rides around? I, I think he'll I, ride around. I, I think riding around he can get points. No, I know. I just don't think he will. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to be gained for him doing that. I think in the first moto oh, he's going to leave it all out yep. there. And maybe yep. maybe he even he's better than that. Maybe he's six or seven in the first one, and then the second one, I just think it's like, yeah, I don't I don't need to get eighteenth. Like there is nothing to be gained by doing that. Yeah, but he wants to make a good impression with the JGR guys. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Think I'm thinking like a good impression. <laughs> uh, you know? I'm thinking throwing the bike up on the stand is like almost backing up what like if you're Team Australia and you're saying we don't think you're ready, not completing two motos in one day is. Right is proving oh, right. Ready. We know Chad is not all about that. Yeah, but he's not, not ready. The if, oh. if anybody thinks he's ready, they're wrong. I feel he's like I, I mean, feel like he's going to kill himself showing that he's able to do two yeah. motos. Yes, that's okay. what I think. I, maybe, yeah, I could be wrong on that, but I'm just I'm going to yeah. put that out in front of everything. He's certainly not ready yet. He was going to use the next two months to mm-hmm. get ready. Right, that was the whole plan. Uh, I see. I see. I'm 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 more interested in his goggles than his results. And, and all Remember, that, man, so. the last time he was racing these, uh, which he, was a couple of years ago now. Twenty no, twenty fifteen. Like a dude, he was becoming like a fourteenth place guy. Yeah, it wasn't good. 
he was not even a 10-place guy. Now, the field was probably deeper then, yeah, so that field. maybe helped. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I know, but three years past racing any motocross and three years older, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a big gap. Yep. Yeah, I think on a one a one race basis where he's really motivated, uh, yeah. and you know the, most of the guys are going to be going through the motions, unfortunately, at this last one. Mm-hmm. I think he will do pretty well, and at least in one moto, because I, I just think if he's really focused on doing well at one race, I think he will beat guys like Miriam. I just that's my gut feeling. Um, I just every time I walk by Johnny from JGR, I said, "Hey, Chad, I want you to call him. Chad needs some settings. Give him a call." That's, that's, I had fun with that all day long. So, Cause was, I, I think they've had words in the past, those two. Oh yeah, you know. But but now they went to work together at the test, and Johnny said it went fine. It was no problem. But in the past, they I, I think both guys weren't exactly happy with each other. So, um, yeah. When when uh, Barsha was on that team, they got into it several times. Um. Okay. What? Uh, Weed. You went riding with GL. Yeah, the GL program is phenomenal. Um, he has figured out at nearly every round now. He barely even needs to stay in the uh, hotels that we get put up in. Most weekends he's got locals. And i got to give GL so much credit for this. Now, GL is MX royalty in many ways. He's won the title. He's made the money. He's got the connections to buddies. He could just be clicky, cool guy if he wanted to be. But he is man of the people. Like, after whatever it is, four years, I think, now being back on the road at these races – He's built up an army of just local dudes who he's become like super buds with. He's built up and he an army. He stays at their house or he stays in their motorhome. Like every week, he's got another group of just. I mean, he's not hanging out with the man friends, the, all the guys you list, Mathis, the energy drink guys, whatever. He's not hanging out with the cool dudes, the industry guys. He's just hanging out with regular fans and, you know, bench racing. And it's, I mean, I have huge respect for that. And. So I just went all in in the GL program this weekend, and oh my god, it was fun as hell. So we went riding uh, these trails like ten minutes from Bud's Creek on uh, Friday. It's me and GL. I think everyone forty plus. Um, so it's not like any there's any heroes out there. And oh my god, it was unbelievably humid in those woods, and we all probably lost ten pounds. Um, but it was fun. And the main question everybody always has to me is like, oh dude, GL's got to be an animal out there. And all he says is, like, dude, we're not winning any trophies today. I mean, he is just on a trail ride. Right. Um, I mean, he's not doing anything that's, like, blowing your mind. That's not even remotely his goal anymore. He's just one of the boys. Uh, so it was awesome. Uh, the only downside was I now have a dual sport, and I did not know DOT tires. Uh, they're not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was one hill, and it was, like, ice. So we rode all day, and then GL finally put the GoPro on, and he's like, you better look good, man. I'm getting this footage. So we rode and rode and rode, and everything was okay. And there was this one hill, and I just spun in first gear, and it was bad. And as I'm tumbling down the hill, I'm yelling, no, you're getting footage of this. (laughs) Yeah. And then he brought the the footage to the TV compound, Uh and I'm, like, sweating it so bad. I'm like, this is it. This is the only time anyone in the world is ever going to see me ride on video. It's going to be. Uh, 28 seconds or whatever it is, tumbling down a hill, spinning tires. And uh, luckily, like, God is good. I am, I've never been a super religious guy, but I think it's time. Because <laughs> they went through the footage, and they found some other dude falling and thought it was me. And they played it on the practice show, and I'm like, yep, that's not me, so I'm good. Oh, uh, see, I heard, I heard that he had footage of you. Damn it. He told me he, he did. did. He gave, he gave, no, he, he had the footage. He gave it to our editor. And they, I guess, were in a rush, and they just picked the first crash they saw. Oh, it was me oh so it's on there. 
Okay. It has to be. We're, yeah. we're trying to get it. We're trying to we're trying to secure the, the release of this footage. It's got to be so ugly. I would like to say that the final attempt at the hill when I made it, though, that probably looked aces. So right, right. I just want the unedited. I want the full cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not very good. I'm not trying to put any pretense on that. But it does get me a little mad. Like, when I came into the compound on Friday, and I'm like, yeah, we went riding today. And, like, everyone's in there like, you can ride a motorcycle? And I'm like, come on, man. Like, right. yes, I can not, I can shift gears and I can stand up on a bike. Like, I'm not right. total goon squad. Um, it really gets me mad. I'm like, what do I look like? Do I look like I'm an invalid or something? <laughs> You're like, I can ride a motorcycle. Why is it so shocking that I could actually, like, release the clutch and pull away in first gear on a motorcycle? <laughs> like, this skill just cannot possibly exist. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, shout out to the, uh, I had a guy hit me up on social from France and he had some money for privateers and he said who who do I give this money to Mathis the ultimate privateer guys you know you know all these people and and I'm like ah honestly I spent like 0.5 seconds debating it and I said uh, Kevin Morans and Bobby Piazza there we go and uh, the guy actually showed up today, this weekend at Buds and gave him each 350, bu- 350 bucks so shout out to that guy cool. from France um, yeah it's cool all right. those, guys, those guys need that. Trust yeah, me. yeah. I was thinking of privateers who, like, I've kind of talked to that are really privateers, you know, like like gnarly guys. So, all right. Um, anything else, boys? One more. Uh, We're coming to Indiana. We're on Indiana. One more. And actually. JT, you coming? Uh, no, that's negative. This, oh. This might be my last one, boys. So we should. Oh, really? Yeah, we should. Yeah, uh, really? We should talk. It might be it for me. Yeah, everything, wow. everything about your career right now says you should step away. You know, so this could be the last year of me covering the sport. I vowed, I vowed to do this for a number of years, and it could actually happen. Indiana might be it for me. So maybe we'll call up Anderson and Grant and get some guys out there. Maybe for, you know. You're gonna shake hard hands. <laughs> probably decide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To- that's that's when I knew it was over. Uh, you <laughs> can relate. You can relate. Oh god. <laughs> have we ever laughed harder, Wygant, at a press box than that? I probably have, actually, yeah. Maybe the New York LCQ. The New York LCQ, I think, is the hardest I've ever, ever laughed. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, LCQ. Well, remember, there was a semis in LCQ and Doink the Clown all rolled up. That was the hardest. <laughs> yeah. but I don't know why we thought Wyndham shaking hands with all his old rivals, yep. including Kerry Hart. Many battles. <laughs> yes. Many Wyndham Hart battles. Oh, Kerry knew what he was going through. Oh, God. Kerry knew exactly what it was like after a <laughs> 15-year professional Supercross and motocross career and what it's like to hang it up. <laughs> oh, boy. Mathis, did you time your, your retirement here? Was the goal to to your last race here would be Indiana when Troll Train was lifting the number one plate? Was that how you would plan this? Kind of, yes. A little bit. We were... <laughs> My goal of the triples. Remember the triples. Remember, yeah. remember the you triples. Fill on the podium. Chisholm Canari was a favorite triple of mine. Maymart, uh, mm-hmm. Phil, those guys, yeah. and uh, and we the, finally the triple was going to take the number one plate, and all of my uh, rants and everything else were going to come true, finally. <laughs> but just just like Marty, though, close but not close enough. Just like my my buddy Marty, you know. So that's all right. Just like Marty, there's always next year. <laughs> no, I think this is it for me. So we'll. Oh, see. okay. Yeah, we'll see. 
Could be it. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks to FlyRacing.com. Thank you to Alpine Stars. Thanks to Maxis. Uh, JT, nice work on the new F2 helmet that I just got in the mail. It's fantastic. The new one, new, new, the improvements you guys have done on that are great. So nice work on that helmet. Thank you. All the Very folks, appreciate at, that. All the folks at Fly Racing. And uh, that's it. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.